You're listening to Jesus Unfiltered with Eddie D and Nicole. On our first episode, we discuss why we left Macedonia First Baptist Church and the impact that it had on our faith walk with Christ. Now, Jesus Unfiltered with Eddie D and Nicole. What's up, everybody? our brand new podcast don't know what it's called yet um we will figure that out as time goes on um but we've been talking a lot about wanting to um get back into some form of talking about the lord talking about jesus and sharing our conversations with you all and so this is the start of that and so i'm really excited to be here and i'm excited to be able to share you know our love of god and our love of christ with you all um, we wanted to do so in a way that was more honest and true not just to church but just to the experience of god itself and so um so that's kind of you know where we're going with it i don't have like a mission statement or anything i can think of to say what we're doing um but i do know why um and i'll get to that in a minute you want to say anything um no i don't have anything to say um just get started okay so um yeah um today what we wanted to do to start this podcast off is to talk about our experience um, of um, the last church that we um, that I pastored um, and what our time was like there and what led to us eventually leaving from um, that church and in that kind of give you guys an inside look into you know I guess the life of a pastor life of pastoring um, but to give you guys the real um, and not coming from a petty place but coming from an honest place of um, of what that experience is like. Um, Nicole had asked if there was like a scripture that we'd be coming from per se that would kind of cap the kind of cap everything. And the scripture that I had in mind um, is the scripture that um, rings true to what Nicole has always said to me um, in our in our life together. Um, and so I'm gonna read the scripture, then tell you what she said, and then kind of move forward from there. Um, Romans chapter one, verses sixteen and seventeen say. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so, um, something Nicole had always said to me um, throughout, I, I think, man, it's been a long time, probably, I don't know if it was 2014, 2015, whenever you said it. But um, you had said to me that um, people don't know what they need until they hear it. And we and you coupled that by saying, you know, people aren't ready to hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ, at least the people in the circles that we were in. And so um, there is always a level of excitement that came to being able to share the word of God with others because... For me, you know, knowing what we know about God and knowing what we know about Christ and knowing what we know about the freedom and the experience of Him, um, it was something that's always brought my heart joy and it's something I always wanted to share with everybody and share with as many people as I could. 
And because of that, um, being able to be a pastor, in my mind, was one of the greatest ways to do that. And so when Macedonia called us back in um, 2017, like, that was one of the, you know, biggest moments I felt like in my life in that, you know, I thought that this was the opportunity to really share the gospel the way that, in, in, a, in a big way to finally have a, a church backing, you know, us preaching the true, unadulterated, unfiltered gospel, um, and to be able to do so in a way that was very different from most of the churches, if not all the churches that we had been a part of, had attended. Um, and so for me, being being the pastor of Macedonia was an opportunity, not just to be a pastor, because I didn't want to just, I didn't want to just sit and be a pastor of a church, but I wanted to share the gospel and to share it in a way that I knew would help people to be free. And so, for those three years that we were there, it was anything but freedom. <laughs> it's anything but freedom. We, we, we taught a lot, and we preached a lot, and we shared a lot. But if anybody, if anybody asks me, we got the Isaiah assignment. <laughs> we got the, you're going to preach, but they ain't going to hear you. You're going to teach, but they ain't going to care. And they're, they're not going to hear you when you tell them the truth about the, about God. And so, you know, for those three years, we thought we, we well, at least for two of them, we thought that we were making headway and making momentum in a way that was, you know, pushing the gospel forward. Um, but in that particular place, it was not being heard. Um, and so, you know, when they gave me that letter, January 2021 and said that you know they wanted they wanted to have a conversation with me because they felt like I wasn't teaching Christian principles you know when I talked to my dad about it he was like dude they, they're rejecting the gospel at this point so you just gotta you gotta go ahead and dust your feet off and, and, and move on because they're not hearing the word when they start questioning you preaching the word that's when you know it's time to go and so you know summing it all up you know that was really the, 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 the launching, the, the linchpin for me that let me know that it was time to go. And so, but that's again the short version. So I'm going to let you jump in. And... Oh, you didn't tell it at all. Like, I, I don't really have much more to say because I feel like if I say more, it's more of bashing and I don't want to bash. I'm not um, here to bash anybody, any church. Um, just. I am, I was happy <laughs> when you said, you know, you were done, um, because I think that I had been done, um, but I was, I was there strictly, um, for you, um, I think that's how much of a, you know, ride and, ride and die I am, um, you know, and so I was there for, for you, and I was, you know, I was I was ready to go a long time before. I think I had even, you know, gotten out of a lot of things and stopped doing certain things um, because I just didn't agree with. I just didn't. Um, uh, my spirit didn't feel right with being there. <laughs> um, and I and I couple it along with you know thinking about our girls and you know having them 
um, see and hear and then go out and think that that is right um, like we can teach them so many so many things but somehow you know um, all these different versions of the truth um, find a way in people's hearts and minds and so um, it was I was very happy when you said you were done when you said you were done um, when you said you were done and why you were done like I really just wanted to be there when it all happened <laughs> because, because at that time and I can say this now at that time Nikki was not going to hold back <laughs> right. um, so and I I mean I'm I'm grateful that everything happened you know I'm not going to say the way it happened but it just it just let us see the truth in a lot of things like we know the church is not perfect um, and you have to be more specific when you talk about the church because a lot of days people aren't specific because people think the church is the building and it's not the building um, and I think that's where we sometimes fall short is trying to keep up the building and protect the building um, who comes in and out of the building how you come in and out of the building what you find very sacred in the building and what you can't touch in the building and all this and that um, and we lose sight of the true meaning of what church is and I think that that is where you know my heart just didn't sit right with some of the things that you know they wanted us to do and wanted us to be and um, I, I didn't I didn't sit well with that spirit didn't sit well with that and if I didn't then why would we subject our girls to that if we can help it I know that we can't you know protect them and keep them from everything but what we can we will <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah that those are my feelings on it like I'm I knew it was gonna be um, difficult going in because I knew I didn't know the church, but I kind of knew the church. But you know, it the honeymoon phase is is real in yeah. a lot of yeah. situations, mm -hmm. and so when you're in something for a while, you can really start to see. Like as time goes, um, you know, you can really start to see people's true colors come out. Mm -hmm. No, keep going. Oh, you can really start to see people's true colors come out, and so. Um, I am a very quiet person. I, I sit, I watch, like I am very observant. Um, and I have found that out about myself and accepted that about myself. <laughs> and sometimes it could be, it could be good. And sometimes it could, you know, I don't know, like make stuff hit the fan. And so, um, when I see things that don't sit well with me, um, I guess my, what I have been working on a lot lately is like um, when to speak up and when to shut up, you know, mm -hmm. um, how to say things and, you know, how to um, approach people, how to say things to people um, to where it, you know, doesn't come off as um, I'm rude, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's one of the things I've been working on about myself. And I think back then I wasn't there. Mm. 
I had come a long ways, but you know, no, I did really good, you especially really in good. one of the meetings. You did really good. Let's especially in one of the meetings. You know, you I still have to get the facial. <laughs> no, but that face was perfect. No, listen, this woman got a death stare <laughs> that will kill you if because, you ain't careful. Like, um, because my my face will say stuff. My face will say things that my very mouth smoldering. Um, wants to say. Mm, um, and I think I've been trying to work on that too because. <laughs> You know, I've even heard it from you and the girls. You yeah, know. You, you listen. No, it's, it's, you got that. It's that look. It's that look. It's you that know, look. look. So, I mean, hey. <laughs> but I mean, once again, I'm I'm grateful that we are where we are right now. It what it's been a journey. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's been rough. It's been tough. And and I think what people don't realize is you really have to um, protect your soul, you guys. Like. And not just from other people, but from the church. Because I was talking with someone <laughs> not too long ago um, who came at me the wrong way. And, you know, I basically let them know it's not just about them. but And it's not just about me. But I'm, I'm trying to protect my soul and my girl's soul. And trying to teach them and show them, you know, certain things. And so... Um, if, if, if I have to like cut people out of my life or cut things out of my life, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's not just with people around you, but that's the church as well. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you have to protect yourself, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and, yeah. And let me, let me protect you know, it under God, but you know, no, but let me, let me, let me piggyback off that because that was one of the things that really hurt me the most. One of the things that hurt me the most about being there, because one of the things that you and I both went into that church wanted to do was in, in the sense of being different is allowing ourselves to be transparent. A lot of pastors and a lot of yeah. churches they don't allow you to touch the pastor. Like, they're such an untouchable person, especially when they become celebrity pastors or they're well-known pastors or, you know, they're big in the community. They can become so untouchable that you can't talk to them. There's always some type of, like, avenue you have to go through. You can't do certain things. You can't do certain things. You can't hang out certain places. you you got to be put... In, the pastors are put in special places, like when you do anniversaries and things. You got to be put. In, the pastors are put in special places, like when you do anniversaries and things like that. It's always a pastor's table or a pastor's seat or something. And one of the things that we went in wanting to do was making ourselves so trans. One of the things that we went in wanting to do was making ourselves so transparent with them because we wanted them to know that we're human too and that we all got a race to run and that we're running the race together. And so one of the things that really hurt me the most was how often that backfired on me because we have thought. <laughs> My bad, y'all. I'm to learn to turn that off, but... But, um... But, um... But, but, but in trying to be transparent with them... Like, you know, one of the things that hurt me so bad was that, you know, in being transparent with them, like, there are so many times that that backfired on us because they, in turn, would go and talk amongst themselves about things that they did not come to me about. And I would either have to find out through the grapevine and then go, like, go to a meeting or just be ambushed in a meeting. And so a lot of times, you know, we tell them, hey, talk to me, share with me. 
tell me what's going on. We're human too. We, we got feelings. We got emotions. We're not perfect. We're trying to run this race together. And every single time I get the same, the same old responses of, well, I don't trust you because in the last pastors that we had, they burned me. And it's like, but dude, I'm not them. You know, but you're treating me like I am them, and that's not fair to me. And yet they never looked at themselves and said, hey, God, help me on that while I, you know, trust that he just, that he told me to be transparent. And so you're absolutely right when you say we have to protect ourselves, um, or we feel like we have to protect ourselves, which is, which is, which is sad to me, because it's like, as a church, we're, that, that's one of the, the church is supposed to be the one place we can be vulnerable. It's supposed to be the one place where we can be transparent, where we can share our burdens and share our issues and share our problems and be able to deal with them as a church body. But in too many, too many churches and too many places, the pastor is looked up to be this king. And at the slightest error or the slightest mistake, he's torn down and, and torn apart. And the people who, you know, who, again, we told, bring it to us. You know, you got free reign here. Bring it to us. They refused to do so. And in doing so, they burned us so many times that when they burned us the final time, we were almost like, thank you. <laughs> because it's like, okay. thank, thank you for burning me this last time because it only gave us the, the, the not the ammunition, but it gave us the, the green light we needed to get up and leave. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's different when you, when you have, um, it's different when you have these conflicts, you know, with maybe like a congregation member or people in, you know, the church. But when you have these accusations and all of these um, these uh, false statements being said amongst, you know, um, deacons and deaconess and the, you know, clerks and all, all that kind of stuff, it's, I feel like it's different um, because I feel like there should be transparency there. If I can have transparency on my job, you know, with my boss who, oh, no. it, who can come to you and you alone, who <laughs> yes. can come to you and tell you, you know, something's not right, I respect that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, we could talk about that and, you know, if something's wrong, um, I could think about, we could talk about how I could fix that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but when you have people who don't do that, who say, you know, they're Christians and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it's it's different and something is just not clicking there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like that was one of the biggest hurdles that was so hard to overcome. And in so many instances, like so, with so many different situations, it was the same thing every single time. You waited till the last minute to want to say something. Or you waited until you had enough ammunition to then come with your boys, or come with your con with your with your with your posse, and say, you know, hey, we got problems with you. They said, but it's like, who is they? I don't, I can't say. I want to, you know, but here it is. All these accusations is like all these things, and I, t I tell people this like all high the school, time. Middle school. Yes, man. I told them like <laughs> you could. We could have went to a restaurant. We could have hashed this out of the restaurant, ate some wings, and been done with this. Like we could have been, we could. This was this didn't require church meetings. This didn't require votes. This didn't none of that. All it required was a conversation over the phone via text. You know, again, making ourselves so touchable 
So that way, if they did have a problem, trying to do what you what script what what scripture tells us to do. Go if you have an art against your brother, no matter who it is, it be your brother, your cousin, your auntie, pastor, bishop, whoever. If, if you have an art against your brother, you go to him and him alone. And you know, I think that's why I think that's why I love. Um, you know, we're gonna go to a different church tomorrow, but um, because of a reason. But um, I think that's why I like uh, Cross Point so much is because nobody there seems untouchable. Like right. you have the pastor who is always, you know, conversating out in the lobby and mm -hmm. who will even come up to you. You have, you know, the um, the, uh, the the music uh, ministry leader who's also a pastor, I believe, mm -hmm. um, who will come up and conversate with you and ask you questions and talk to you the people who mm -hmm. sing and play instruments who nobody there seems untouchable mm -hmm. and you know that 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 to me speaks church you know yeah. that to me speaks um family you know yeah. um friendship like uh, you can talk to me like i am i am not above all and so i think that um that's why I like um, Crosspoint so much. But, you know, as far as what I wanted to kind of talk about was the whole conflicts in the church. And so mm -hmm. I want to read something. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to read something. It's mm -hmm. called, um, it's by a guy, uh, Mark Bernard. And um, he wrote this and used a person who wrote a book called, his name is Dr. Kenneth Quick, and the book is called The Dance of the Gifts, How Ministry Leaders Can Discern God's Will. And the title of this article is called When Churches Eat Their Own. Oh. Um, I like that title. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Sit on it. All right. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to kind of go like a little bit further into the reading mm -hmm. and read a little bit because I don't, it's, so it says the controversy in the Galatian church was a heated one. Um, that's what this is talking about. They taught that non-Jewish believers need to be circumcised to gain eternal life. Um, their teachings also held the promise of lessening persecution by non-believing Jews. Paul writes the letter of the Galatians writes the letter of the Galatians to refute this false teaching. But as most church conflicts, sinful behavior, assumptions, and choices amplify, such as um, controversies. Um, if the leaders get caught up in and, um, and are not sensitive to the Spirit of God, the way the Galatian leaders reacted threatened to damage the church as much as the initial dispute. Paul beseeches the leaders and congregation to engage with the Holy Spirit and amid the, con and amid the controversy. <laughs> he uses three phrases that are worth exploring, especially if your church is struggling with conflict right now. Uh, the first one is walk by the Spirit. So what does... It looked like to walk by the Spirit during a church conflict. The word walk refers to how we comport ourselves, our behavior. It's almost easier to describe what that doesn't look like, which is what I like. Hypersensitivity to opposition. Assuming the worst motives on their part. Knee-jerking reactions. And speaking, acting in the flesh. And, okay, hold up before I say something. In the heat of the controversy, it only takes a nanosecond, which is so true. It only takes a nanosecond for the precious fruit of the Spirit, Paul describes, Galatians 5, 23, to wither. Walking by the Spirit means crucifying self, seeking His enablement, 
and maintaining one's objectivity as he or she is sustained by the peace that passes understanding. I'll say the two in just a, other two in just a minute. But that part is so, so true to me to walk by the spirit because it only takes a split second for you to fall out of line. And I'm not perfect. And so I, I know that split second can happen just like that. Um, you know, but I thank God that um, God gave, God, <laughs> God gives me a different way. I deal with, I guess, controversy a little bit different. Um, I deal with conflict a little bit different. I deal with um, arguments a little bit different. I am a I am an emotional person, and I I come to my truth with that, and you know to accept that about me, and I come to accept why, and I'm okay with this. I think I am such an emotional person because if I'm not emotional, I think that I will kind of flip the script, and um. I cry when I am mad or angry, when I'm mad or angry. And I think, you know, that's a good thing on my part. And, um, you know, in, in, in my walk with God, it has really, I believe, it has stopped me from falling out of line. Um, because when I cry, I can't really talk. <laughs> Um, and I think that some of the things that I could have felt, you know, I probably didn't feel them like that because I wasn't solely thinking about that, but thinking about how I was feeling instead of what I wanted to say. Um, but that part walking by the spirit is so true. It's, it, um, I really believe that in any conflict, you know, think first, then do. Um, I've even talked with, you know, the girls who I um, coach at school, you know, with your emotions. A lot of times we may get in a place where somebody does something to, something to us where we don't really, um, we don't really like it and we kind of want to go off the deep end. And so we just learned this past week, you know, to stop, breathe, think about your choices, um, respond to the situation, and then review what happened, you know. And I think that's a good um, strategy to use in anything, you know, because it helps us. Um, you want to see anything before I keep going? Mm -hmm, you got it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, the second one, I'm going to go real fast. Uh, be led by the Spirit. The difference between walking by and being led by the Spirit may seem slight, but if you're going to walk by the Spirit's um, enabling, you must have a sense where He will take you and be willing even committed to go because the path may not be easy which when you said you know you feel like we got that assignment <laughs> you have to be willing you know that song seeps in my heart you know will your heart and mind and soul say yes mm -hmm. you know no matter what um, it may require humil humility it may require the tough work of reconciliation being led by the spirit includes recognizing God's providence in your church's controversy that there may be a larger reason God has allowed the church and his leaders to experience the pain of the controversy, to expose attitudes or immaturity um, that might be under the surface. Sometimes we get so caught up in church crisis, we neglect to discern God's purpose for allowing it. Um, and I think that is so true, too, because, you know, when we went through what we went through, 
Like we didn't just see, um, we didn't just see, I guess, fault in them or issues with them. But you know, we also looked at ourselves. And I think sometimes we forget to do that as Christians when somebody has wronged us. We forget to look at ourselves as well. So, um, you know, I pray that they've done that. And, you know, I'm not going to follow up probably. But um, being led by the Spirit. So the last one he said was live by the Spirit. When Paul reminds the Galatians and us that we live by the Spirit, he hopes we will recall the grace of God revealed in our salvation from our deep sinfulness. Um, the very issue at stake in the Galatian church. We were made alive by the Spirit's um, regenerative powers. The danger is that our salvation testimony can be compromised by the ungracious way we treat others during a church controversy. So, we got to be careful even when people, you know, wrong us and, you know, slander our names. And I, I will say that the way... I'm going to say you, the way some things were said and the, what was said and um, all that and how it was done and why it was done, like I really, um, I feel like I, I really believe that God was in us because <laughs> we, um, it was wrong. It was nasty. It was nasty. It was nasty. And ju that's just being honest. But the response to it all, um, I believe was a miracle <laughs> um, because I know you and I'm very proud of you but I will say that it did some damage oh absolutely it did some damage to the heart it absolutely. did some damage to the soul and mm -hmm. I really wish that people in church would realize like it doesn't matter the position you're in like nobody is untouchable um and so That's when you think, and when you, so when you think that you can, you know, go in and say what you want to say and do what you want to do and think that it won't hurt no, the, it the feelings, you know, pastors pastors are not um, super men or super women, and so they are they are affected by the things that people do and what people say, so. I just really wish that people would take that into consideration, you know. Um, nobody's emotions, nobody is untouchable in that way. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, and you in in you saying that it reminded me of one of the one of the, another one of the issues that, you know, that we had to deal with there was just the outright lies. Um when we first got there, um you know, we had made a commitment that we didn't want to make any big changes in the church. We didn't want to do anything to take to change the church at all because we know how churches can be. Just like you said, you know, they have their 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 um, their calves and they have their statues and their shrines and their tokens. And we didn't want to change anything. But when we walked into that place, it, it let's call a spade a spade. It's a museum. It is a straight up museum. And like I say, you know, they can they can get frustrated if they want to, but the reality is the reality. Like that the church is a museum. And so when we first got in there, everything is just a shrine to the first pastor that was there and the greatest pastor of all time in their eyes. Um, and I can't remember their names and I don't care. Um, and so, you know, as we're walking through 
and, and going through the different auxiliaries and the different ministries there, you know, we told them we're not going to make any changes. I'm just going to make observations. I'm going to go to meetings. I'm going to talk to people, ask them questions, figure things out. And then when we get to a certain point, you know, I'm going to present them with the issues and present them with a, with a plan of how we can go about making things better. And all the while, they're saying, yes, yes, pastor, yes, yes, pastor, let's do that. Let's do this. Yes. Whatever you say, da, da 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 And so when we get to like the six and a half month mark, I tell them, okay, tell me how fast you want me to drive this car. Because if you want me to drive this car slow, I will drive this car slow. We, you, we won't make any changes for the next five years for all I care. You know, but if you tell me I got the green light, I'm going to drive this thing. And we're going to drive it to where we need to go. And, you know, as, as I, after I, this is after I presented them with, presented them with the problems, the, the problems of there being too many auxiliaries, not enough people, um, getting burned out, getting burned out, being tired, literally, literally saying the words, I'm, I'm tired, you know, and, and, and wanting more help and not doing, and all this kind of stuff. And so it's like, okay, cool. So what we need to do is we need to pare it down. We need to pare everything down. Divide the um redivide the um the auxiliaries up so that way it frees people up and gives people an opportunity to start to actually grow in their ministries and grow in their opportunities rather than being strung out so thin. They again gave me the green light. Go, Pastor, do do it. Go. I'm like, okay, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I can I don't need to do this today. I don't need to do this. No, Pastor, we agree, we agree. Let's go, let's go. I'm like, cool. I'm thinking, oh my god, God done gave me a green light. This is weird, but okay, here we go. So we start going about making all the different changes and restructuring things. And I'm having the meetings and sharing all the information, giving people all the facts. Everything's transparent. Once again, everything's on the table. I'm not trying to be, you know, um, this secretive person. Everybody knows everything. We wasted so much paper. <laughs> we made so many prints, so many revisions. When we finally get to the point, we get to year two. And here we are about to implement the plan, and all of a sudden, all these complaints and all these problems and all these issues start, but they finally come up to the surface. Issues that no one had expressed before, never said anything to me, even in, even to the point of saying when I told them, but y'all said y'all were tired. That's the very person who said she wasn't tired then said in that meeting, I never said I was tired. Bruh, you so I'm getting you gaslighting me now. So you gaslighting me because I was there when you said I'm tired. I mean, there was a lot of that though. There was, was a, a lot of yeah. There was a lot, and there yes. was a lot of doing just because it's already been done. Already been done this way, even if you knew um, biblically that this wasn't this wasn't sound. Like, yeah, this, there, it's just being done just because it's what's been been done. done. And so you know. I, when we when we tried when we when we told them we didn't want um a, you know a pastor's anniversary because the the people what, what happens these people, these churches come in the pastor don't know me from Adam but he'll get up there and lie saying this is my good friend we've been friends for years I didn't want that I Which didn't is why you had right Aaron that's why I had Aaron, Aaron come because he was Aaron. Aaron's actually my friend he's actually my dog like. Hey, Aaron. You know, if he's if he's watching, Aaron, you my but you my brother. You know, we gotta catch up. You know, but for real, like that's why he preached my ins installations. I didn't want anybody up there who didn't know me spiritually, who didn't know me, and so 
You know, that's why when we had the church anniversary, the church anniversary, I wanted to bring new people in. I was tired of the same people being brought into these churches all the time and saying all these lies about this, that, and the third. And let's bring in some new blood. Let's bring in some real gospel preachers. Or let's figure out whether or not they preach the gospel in the first place. I've never heard them before. And let's um let's 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 really make this thing about the gospel and not about a popularity contest. Because again, they are all about legacy. All about, you know, putting their name in the paper and putting their name in the history books and all this other kind of stuff. And it's like, in all of that, they forgot Jesus. They forgot about him. And and so when we, when we again, we're presenting them with the gospel, presenting them with Jesus, they were rejecting it left and right, left and right, to the point where they outright tried to gaslight both you and me when it came to the things we wanted to do, when it came to the things that we presented to them, and when it came to the conversations they were having with us. Because it's like, I sat here in these meetings with y'all. We had these conversations over the phone, through text message, through Facebook, that these are the things that you wanted. And so when we present them to you, now you're acting like we're trying to take stuff from you. And it's like, but no, you asked for this. And so... You know that was that was that year two was what started all of the issues and problems because from that point it's like okay so now we now we see y'all really ain't about what you say you're about so now we got to figure out what's really going on and at that point everything really started to unravel and like you said we're seeing the true colors of people and we're praying for them but it's it's coming at a heavy cost on us. Like the prayers that we're sending up to God and the, the, the issues and the problems that are that are that are showing up to the surface, it's like it was so much and it was so heavy to where by the time I had the, the one of the last meetings I had with them, not the last one, but the the, the la one of the last meetings I had with them, like at that point I told them straight up, you know, as your pastor, I can't defend you anymore. I can't defend you. Because every time we come out of these meetings, you guys keep dragging your feet. And you keep trying to blame. You, and I got to be the one to take the blame. I can't keep doing that for y'all. Like at some point, like at this point. Yeah. So at this point, if they're coming to me and telling me and asking me why we're not doing this or why we're not doing that, I'm going to point them to y'all. Because at this point, you're, you're, you're dragging your feet, but you are, you're okay. Because they, nobody's bothering you about it. They're bothering me about it. They're questioning me about it. And I'm the one looking like I'm dragging my feet. When all the while, here I am with all the plans, all the papers, you know, all the revisions, handing them to you guys. And, and it was so bad, they weren't even looking at the stuff until the meeting. <laughs> they had this stuff three weeks in advance. And they wait till the meeting. You want to be like, okay, so let's go through it. What you mean go through it? What do you mean? No, you should have been went through this stuff. And yet, and so again, it's like, you know, all the while, all the while, and, 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 and maybe that was where the fault lied with me. I, I, I don't think it did, but in the midst of all of that, I, 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 I know, I, it, I'm not going to say it, the fault was with me. I kept asking the question, where is Jesus in this? Where is he in this? Because at this point, I couldn't see him. Even when it came down to the whole tithing thing and going through the book of 2 Corinthians in that moment, I was again asking the same question over and over again, where is Jesus in this? When it came down to their bylaws and the first rule of membership being pay tithes, where is Jesus in that? So you ain't got to be saved to be a member of the church. You ain't got to have a relationship with the Lord. 
<laughs> to be a member of the church, uh, you you got to pay tithes. And dress appropriately. And dress appropriately. You know, that's that's the qualification for membership at that church. And so it's like, again, where is Jesus in that? And so for for a while, you know, what we were trying, what we were trying to get, what we were trying to present to them was the truth and the gospel. And it showed in, in basically, like I said, the Isaiah mission fell on deaf ears and we mess with their idols. We mess with what was what they what they held true to themselves. And as a result, we got so much blowback from that. So much hurt, so much pain, so much vitriol, so many lies, so many accusations, so many blows to our character to the point where it's like, we, they, again, they, 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 they ostracized us. Yeah, and it comes to a point where, you know, you have to, you know, one, not just protect your soul, but then protect you and your family as a whole. So when you're... When you're um, when you're saying things that could have a blow on you physically, that's where I'm. That's where I'm like, okay, you're saying things now that if that gets out, and even though it's not true, people can believe what they want to believe. believe. You can have people trying to come for us, right? And so when you start saying things that start to um, uh, mess with us as a whole, to where something can be physically done to us. I don't, I don't, don't I don't like that. Don't <laughs> I don't abide. like that. Cannot abide. And so that's when you know you have to start. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that you know we we're trying to um, be on the defense mode, but when you start doing things like that, it's almost like you start to go um, into that little hole of being defensive because um, you like, I don't know. Um, some of the things that were said could have had some really like hard major blowback and mm-hmm. like um, we got kids you know? <laughs> um, you know I think we can hold our own you know yeah, no. come, come for us but you know uh, <laughs> like I'm not trying to scar my children um, to try to um, make y'all happy I'm not trying right. to do that Mm-mm. but um no but I, I will say that it's not, and the thing is, I think what hurt me the most and what is so sad to me is that, you know, what was done there is done out in the world every day. And so I think that when you have people who are not saved um, come into a church like that, into a church building like that, mm. it's like you're just... Um, you're just continuing that cycle. The same cycle. There's no but, interruption. But when you have people, it, I guess it's, it, I guess it could go two ways. When you have people who come into a church like that, they may feel at home, which is even sadder. Mm. But then when you have people who are really coming because they're broken and they really are looking, looking for, for Jesus, they're looking for, for Jesus. Something. But then when you you, Give them you bash this. them, you know, because of what they're wearing or because of how they look. It's because like, of what they did last because night. Because of what they did last night. It's like you you don't want to do that because you want you want people to come as they are. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to change them. Yeah. It's your job to give them Jesus and allow Jesus to do yes. that work. Because they don't like, know what they're looking they for and they don't know what they need until they hear it. And so when mm-hmm. you know you see people come and then you see things said or hear things said. God, if I can hear them being said, what makes you think that they're not going to hear it being right. said? 
I'm in the pulpit hearing this stuff. I'm you know? like, really, so though? Why, why really would you though? stay? And so yes. I really... Man, um, it was so bad. It was so bad. Like, we had people join the church, literally, literally join the church, and then never see them again. That's how bad it was. Like, we'd have people give, give hand to church, God the heart, all that jazz, and we never see them again. Because guarantee with one of them for a little while, but yeah, you know, it just, it just, it just makes my heart sad um, yeah. that you know this is what's being done in churches. In churches, um, in churches. And once again, I really love Cross Point, and I love that you know they welcome you. But for a minute, when we first went there, sometimes I still feel like okay, like. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where's where's the, the ball? Where's the ball gonna where's drop? The switch gonna happen? And that's what's and I think that's what <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's what's been the hindrance for me to join another church. Like you know, because you you know my heart. Like I, I we yeah, go. It really. I'm and telling then, you, it affected you really. Yeah, really, no, for real. Really bad. It did. And it people did. don't realize that when you're in the church and you think that you're safe, when you think that you're safe, but then. You're and then and then you're, you're paranoid. You're not. You're paranoid. You're paranoid and Man, like, like you're broken. Like, and you're it, hurt. like it, okay, because because uh, I, I kept saying the same thing. Okay, this is what's gonna happen. And I and I I remember I remember I thought I think I told you this. I told several other people this about my about my walk with God. At this point, I feel like I'm the harbinger of death. <laughs> For real, like I feel like okay, I'm gonna walk into this church, right? I'm going to join this church. I'm going to get in some ministry. They're going to find out I'm a preacher. They're going to put me in preaching. I'm going to see something wrong. I'm going to address the issue. They're going to make me make me out to be a pariah. I'm going to be the harbinger of death. I'm going to talk, you know, that, that you know, y'all we're not we're doing this wrong and we need to get back on center and they going we going to end up getting ostracized and kicked out this church too. Like I just felt like that was going to be a repeated pattern because it's happened so many Times. And see, the thing is, it's not, and let me let me clarify this, it's not that you're going in looking for problems. Right! And it's not that, right. you know, you go in and if you see something, you say something like wanting them to change it. You say something wanting to get clarification Clarity. why things are done Why the are we doing done. it this and way? And I think that yes. is the problem the where a lot of churches problem. fall is that they don't want you're to be asked questions. You're questioning. And you think that How dare you question are God? questioning your um your heart your heart and, your, and it's like no it's i'm not, not questioning that. that like i just here it is an issue just like we said with um with what what was it when, when we talked about when we talked about the pulpit you know this pulpit like why am i up here why am i up here like that's what it's, it's i'm so distant from y'all why am i up here and they made such a big deal out of that you know, moving th moving furniture made such a big deal about that. Doing Bible study when we did we have Bible study made such a big deal out of it. Like they all every time we just questioned why are we doing things where we're doing them, they thought that we were questioning faith. It's like no, no. we're questioning practice, not the faith. We're questioning practices. And so, and I think that questioning things is a good. It's thing. a good like, thing, especially like when you're trying to, especially when you're trying to reach people. Because that was always the thing for me. You got because they said we want to reach the young people. We want to bring the youth in. We want to try to get the college people in. Da 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 da. But we look like we're back in 1945. So my thing is, why? Why do you want to bring them in? 
Right. And I and I seen Yeah. Like you didn't have to tell me why because I seen it and I mm-hmm. and it, I and it and it brought back flashbacks of, you know, mm-hmm. um but I seen it, you know, it's when it come in, you work, you do this, you do this. And work, work the way we want you to work. And work the way we yes. want you to work. Don't come in and sit under someone to learn about God, to learn about Jesus, to, to learn about your faith. Ask questions to to them like, why do you That's want this? Really why do you point. want? Why why are you he, why are you here? Mm, why? <laughs> you know, yes. because I mean, no, and I, I feel like it. once you put them to work, once you once you to work. figure that out, you know, I feel like the that works will, will come. The yeah. works will come. But no, but you said, but you that was a very good point because I remember every church that we've been that we had been to more or less. They were doing the same thing. Like you're here, we're gonna put you in the ministry. We're gonna you 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 sing. We're gonna put you in. The, we're gonna put you in the choir. You know you you can you you you. We need ushers. We're gonna put you. We're gonna put you in the ushers. Not figure out why you're here. No, we're, gonna we're not work. gonna look at your soul. We're not gonna orient you to that, God. I, I feel like I feel like it's kind of backwards. We're gonna make you work. And then, and then the word, the word will come. The word, the will, word come. will come. No, we know. We know, so we're not worried about your soul. We're worried about your body. We're worried about your your, your talents. We want your talents. Because how and often have not, we said? Okay, how often I, have we said this Joker's talented? But what about his soul? Yeah, because I remember you saying we were at a church a while back. I'm not going to say the name, but at a church a while back, and I remember you talking about the girl who. Was a, a on, spiritual man. dancer Come and she did amazing, amazing oh dance. Was so amazing, so amazing. And you know, you had a conversation with her immediately and afterward. What did and she say, she said, "Y'all know what?" Wait, wait, wait. Before she said that, you have everybody in here. Oh, the blood! So like, anointed, so anointed, so anointed. Like, she she is, so she, gifted. She's so. She's, Full of the spirit. God's grace is falling on falling her. Falling upon and her. Mind you, it, it is. It is. Grace falls on oh, whoever it falls to, on. His words not like, gonna go out and return void. It's but like they're thinking that she's something. That she's that special. That she's gifted. That she's anointed with spirit. All the while, all the while, she told us, "I'm only dancing to get a scholarship from the church." It had nothing. Nothing, it had to, nothing it, to do. And with furthermore, said she knew she was going to hell. Knew it. And that and that hurts where you know people come in the church and we as a whole you know want to just put them to work and not want to not want to see where their where soul, their soul is, is. Where's their heart where what are they right. thinking why are they here what made them come that's just like know? when we did the um, when we read when we did the um the um uh, the orientation we did orientation class the last class of that class was ministries. The first seven parts of the, of the class were about God, the gospel, what it means for your soul, the works of the spirit, you know, the, 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 the what do we call them? We call them the, um, the faith works, prayer, meditation, all that kind of stuff. Like we, we went through a whole seven parts of that. And then the last part was ministries in the what church. Came up with. That's what you. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Came but up with that because we didn't, we, do, didn't we want to do that, that though. Enough. Because again, it, it it doesn't it doesn't do it doesn't do the church any good. It's not good for the church. So again, it's like you you're neglecting the people while claiming you want people, and the people can feel that. That's the that's the that. thing. Like y'all, so that we underestimate. The power of the people and their heart spaces and head spaces. It's why they go to these churches <laughs> that preach false doctrines. But do you know why they feel that? Because it just came from out of the world. 
Only the judge right back in. They're feeling what they felt well, out there. Still. Like, and I'm getting judged out hurt. there. Came in here and got judged the same way. So what's the point? What's the point? And so they'll end up going to these churches that make them feel good in the moment because they'll accept them for who they are, but they're not You need to change teaching. tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow you need to dress different. You need to talk different. You need to walk different. You need to eat different. Yeah. You need to you need to let go of people. And you need to speak tomorrow. you need to speak the speak the language of highly favored and blessed thou and all that kind of stuff. That needs to be done tomorrow. Right. And so they'll go into these other churches that, that accept them for who they are, but not they're not leading some of them, not all of them, some yeah. of them. Um, but they're not leading them to true transformation in their souls. But because they feel welcome, and they got the welcome it. part right. They get the welcome part right, but they don't do anything for the soul. And so they'll gladly give their money, their time, their resources all away. And, and, this, and they're still serving a faulty God in some places. Not in all so. places. They're, like we say, Crosspoint is a really good example of them. They, they, got, they got it right as far as I can tell, yeah. you know? And so, you know, it's like we want it to be that church, you know? The church that says... Oh. You know, come on, man. As just, just are. come, just come, just, just, just get, just get in, get, get in the door. Let me take you to dinner. Get, get in the door. Let's have a conversation. Let's, let's, you know. just get. Can we just get him in the door? Really? Can we get him in the door? Let God do His work. Let the Word, the Gospel, this unfiltered, unadulterated Gospel, lead you, so that they can be led. Right. Right think that we we want to do it so much ourselves and you know we forget and so i and we want and we want them to continue the, the traditions of old as if the traditions as if the traditions were what jesus followed he didn't follow any of this baptist doctrine he didn't follow any of this um you pick the denomination when jesus came it was just jesus that's it. He didn't say follow Baptist. He said follow me. Follow me. Not the codes, not the creeds, not the doctrines. Me. And we and we and again we try to give them that. Because that's where freedom is. That's where liberty is. That's where salvation is. That's where peace is. That's where love and joy is. And but they rather they oh my gosh. C.S. Lewis said it. They'd rather make mud pies in the backyard and neglect the fact that a day at the beach is being offered to them. Mm. I, I'm, I'm content with making my mud pies in the backyard and up for them. Right. And a lot and a lot of churches are like that. And again, that's what we ran up, that's what we ran up against. Despite the fact that they were telling us every Sunday, oh, you preached a good sermon today. Oh, that was a real good sermon you preached. What was it about? I don't know. <laughs> Real good sermon you preached, though. And not everybody was like that. No, we no, a, we had. I mean, it was, we had. But again, but it, the it, sad it, part is, it it to me, leadership like leadership. should be leadership. I don't know that that's who like is. I don't know. I can't. I don't know what else to say about it. But the fact that it's it was it's in the church that you know. You should feel that you think you would feel safe and think you yeah. would feel accepted and you know think you um, can be led in um, a godly way 
um, and uh, but when you are um, when you're cut you know by people who should um, who should be keeping you safe like you you really do get paranoid and you look over your shoulder and you don't want to do anything and you don't want to be there and if you make leadership feel that way how do you think people walking in the door are going to feel you know and yeah. so I, I just really pray that you know churches that are you know welcoming people and bringing people in you know don't just let that be a one-time thing of um, how you treat them but you know bring them be in lifestyle man. let it be a lifestyle it's almost yeah. like you know how we I might be comparing apples to oranges right now, but how when people like go on um, these diets and fasts and stuff like that, mm -hmm. trying to, I don't know, lose weight and get healthy, but then when that diet ends, you know, you go right back to um, what you were doing. It's a lifestyle. Like you can't just, um, you can't just, it can't just be that one time thing or that one week thing mm -hmm. um, because people notice that. People, um, I mean, there. You think that you know, godly people's discernment is on point. Like, I mean, people out in the world, they they can they can smell you a mile away. Yeah, I'm telling you can. Um, can. And so when people left, how they left, you know, but then kind of still stayed in contact with us. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it it wasn't a surprise, but it was a surprise um, because. If they do it to you, then what makes you, you think that they're not going to do it to, it to the, next the next person? You know, that walks in that door who says, this is all I had to wear today, you know. Right. And I didn't want to come, but I came anyway. Thank right. God, you know, they you came. showed up. You but showed up. That's not what that's mm -mm. not what a lot of people see. No. And, I, you know, God showed us. Like, he revealed so much to us in... It's, I, I guess it just it was just hurtful it, hurt. it was shocking and it hurt so you much know, to have people who come in as they are not liking who not they liking are who and they wanting are. to change but then being ostracized, ostracized because you still come that way like what the heck what did you, what you expect I what did you know, expect like, these people to do they're not coming <laughs> in their Sunday best but and it's not going to be, and that's, that's my that's thing. It's not going to be overnight with no, anybody. I mean, if God can work that miracle in. if He wants to but, change but, overnight. But, but even then, but it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You are there. You're there. That's what's most you important. Man, my mama. <laughs> one of the things I love love about my mom, you know, and I and, and and maybe I got this from her. I don't know, but you know, um, you know, there was a vacation Bible school that we had at you know at Evergreen. And, um, you know, mom was in charge of food and every day, you know, kids were coming in, they would get food and then, you know, they, they take some to go take home. And some of the other people were getting upset about that. Cause like, oh, you're taking all the food and da, da, da. And she's like, but they're here. Thank you. But they're here. Why do you care that they're taking food home? This might be the one big meal for a whole they week have. that they get. Maybe feeding brother, sister, mama, daddy. You don't know. So why are you getting frustrated? Or you're not eating the food anyway. Exactly. So why are you mad that they're no, taking food? You want, oh, you're right. You're not going to eat it. 
Let them take that pizza. You're not going to eat that pizza. Let them take that, that ham sandwich. You're not going to eat that ham sandwich. But you get so frustrated over little stuff. That's why they don't come back. That's why they don't come back. When that lady at the church told us that what well, that, that last Christmas that we were there when they had the little Christmas gathering or whatever, and nobody showed up. She had a whole hissy fit about it. And why didn't anybody show up? Because of you. <laughs> and how you've been treating them all year. And how you've been talking about them and dogging them out and making them feel like they're less than nothing. I don't want to be here. Like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't, if I don't want to be here, I know they don't want to be here. Like, it's like, you know, you, they, they fail to see, they fail to see you're hurting the very people that you say you want to come. But again, it goes back to what you said. What's your motive? What's your motive? And their motive was very clear. We want you to replicate what we've done. We don't want you to come in here and change. We don't want you to get to know the Lord. And I think a lot of that, and I think a lot of where this um, comes from is one, because change is scary. Facts. And two, Facts. because I feel like some churches believe that, you know, if they change, then they're becoming worldly. And that's not the case, mm, you know. I can get where some changes. I can get where some changes. chapter one may, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be careful with some of the changes that you do um, do in church and that mm -hmm. you change around in church because yeah. you can get to a point where yeah. you are becoming worldly. Yeah. But you have to. I mean, I get change is inevitable. And so change my is thing inevitable. is like you have to be willing and open minded. Yes. And and my thing is ask questions. Like if if it's such a bother, Seek guidance. Yeah. Yes. If it's such a bother. If it's such an issue, ask that's, questions. Transparency, right? That's yeah. where we, and that's what we and that's what we entertain. Even one, even to the point where one time I we we literally had the the whatever it is the plan that we had we had a whole town hall about it. No questions. No questions were asked. No questions. None, because no one looked at the papers. Nobody did their homework. No one marked anything and said, "Hey, what about this? What about that?" It's just we agree with you, Pastor. No, you don't. But you don't. And the proof was in when it came time to implement. Like, all of a sudden, all the issues and the problems were coming up. As a result, it's just like, dude, y'all y'all say that this is what you want, but you're acting you're acting contrary to that. And so, it's like, they miss and that's, people, and, man. And that's it's, what happens in the world as well. Yes. And I think that what we yes. um, fail to realize is, is as churches, like, you are trying so hard not to become worldly. That you are be becoming you are worldly. worldly with your actions and how you're thinking and with, what you're no, doing. With your heart posture. With your heart posture. With your heart posture. And that was the problem. That's, that was the problem. Their heart posture is always bent toward something other than God. It's tradition. Something other than God. He said, seek first the kingdom. First the kingdom. And, but if your heart's turned to anything but the kingdom, this is what you're going to get. And yes, a lot, no church is perfect by any stretch. But if your heart posture is such to where you're always seeking the Lord, even when there's conflict, there will come resolution because our, 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 our desire is the same. And I know that's true. And I know that to be true because of our marriage. 
Come on Arts now. Posture. I know that. Come on true. now. Even with the even with everything that we went through, everything we went through, our hot posture never changed and because never of that, wavered. God and you know God it is it's in His will. Whatever He wants is either yes or is no. Mm-hmm. Thank God for us, it was yes. Yeah. But it will fall into everything His will. Alignment. It will be in mind. It will yes. be you know everything will work itself out the way He wants it to. Mm-hmm. If your heart, the posture. That's why when they, that's why even when David. Um, I can't remember where it is, but David has said, you know, in his word, like, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a righteous spirit within me. Like, and they called David a man after God's heart because even when he made his mistakes and he did, and he did some shady things, but his heart's posture never wavered to where even when he was called out, he didn't get mad with God. He said, oh, woe is me. I mucked up. And I feel like that's a good, that... Now that that is that is a Christian. Like right. we, we are not perfect. We're not perfect. We, we don't up, make mistakes. But we let's mess up let's, in churches is you put you, the pastor on that pedestal. Come on where now. They can't, they make, can't mistakes. make mistakes. And that's not realistic. And, and and even if he did make a mistake, if you have a problem with him, you bring it up. He's not untouchable. Because he's not. Because he, yeah, like he's he, you can touch this man. Like you can tell questions. him, hey, bro, listen. What you said last week didn't make sense to me. Can we talk about can we it? Not question Jesus sometimes. Come on now. And he and he even invites us to do it. He and he invites that. He's like, question me. I mean, mind you, when he said it to Job, he was being sarcastic about it. But still, he but still, he's like, no. If you got the questions, here it go. But here it is. I got some questions too. That's what God said. Where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I put the seeds in place? I mean, if you want to go there, let's go there. And so his word. So, but God invites it. That's why all if people would get out of these typical if the all walk through the valley of the shadow of death things, you know, like the the quotes that everybody knows and really read Psalms, they would see half the Psalms are depressing. <laughs> like half of them are sad. Some of them don't even end with a good ending. Like they just you, you, you they, like he says like death is death is my only friend. <laughs> and that's how the psalm ends. Like half the Psalms are full of doubt. And God puts it there to show us we're going to have questions. We're going to have problems. We're going to have issues. But it doesn't we're gonna mean... Things. We're going to wonder about things. We're not going to yes. do some things. That's normal. That's normal. That's normal. But that's, and it's an invitation to talk. And I think that's what's been lost in it's, this culture mm-hmm. that we live in. And mind you, let's keep, let's keep it a buck. It's been this way for centuries. Yeah. This yeah. isn't a new phenomenon Pastors have been put on these pedestals and made to feel as if they like can't kings. be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take it all the way back to the Roman Catholic, Roman Catholic, Roman Catholicism. We turn them into kings, turn them into these, you know, these these royal priesthood people, and then made them untouchable to where you can't question anything they do. And it's like, no, that's what you're supposed to do because we're all Christians. We're all in the same boat. Trying to make the make making it to the same heaven because we're saved. I ain't gonna say we're trying to make it to heaven. We're making it to heaven because we're saved, but we're still being sanctified mm-hmm. by one degree of glory to the next. And because of that, it is okay to question when things aren't going the way you think they uh, that, that they should be going. And, yeah, I mean, question even, it. Even then, even if not just 
we the way we think they're going. But if you don't know, <laughs> yeah. like if you don't know why. Why are we doing done, what we're doing? Like I tell my girls all the time, like ask us questions. You know, sometimes it um, may get on our nerves, but I'd rather you ask us the questions and then you be led the right way than you go out and wonder it's something. Just... What? It's just like with the dude who who was wondering why we took the flags out the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I sat him down and had, we had and I, and I said and he was like, "Why are we doing this?" I said, "Give me a moment because I I know why I know why I'm doing it, but I want to be able to give it to you straight. So give me a minute to really flesh out what I what I what I believe to be true, and then let's have a conversation about it. And let me t- and tell you where where I'm where we're landing on it. And so did that and you know here it is and it's like so also now do you just straight up have an attitude because you're so bent on being a military head that you need to see those flags because you're military based or can you lay your pride aside for the for the simple fact of the matter that when we're in this sanctuary there is no America there is no Christian flag it's God's kingdom it's the kingdom this this space that we're that we're that we're dedicating to the Lord or whatever is the kingdom, and because we we want it to represent the kingdom, we don't want to give anybody any opportunity to be frustrated with what we're doing because they think we might represent something other than that. And yeah. you know, once again, okay, dude, no, talk to me. Talk. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, you're just going to do what you want to do. That's not the point. Even if that's the case, I still want to hear what you have to say. Because you might be able to convince me to put them back in the the sanctuary. You might might have a different perspective. That That I don't have. But but now you're harboring your anger, harboring your frustration over a flag because of your military background. ain't got nothing to do with God. And that's why we need transparency in the church. Because you you may think that, you know, the pastor is doing something because he just wants to, you know. No. But a lot of times that may not be the case. Or a pastor, you may think that, you know, a member is, you know, upset just because of one reason. But you won't know these things if you don't communicate, communicate. with one another. And that that is so important. Communicate. You have got to communicate with yes. one another in church, like and like marriage. You have got, got to, to communicate. communicate. Oh like, my gosh! If you don't communicate. Got to communicate. You're not gonna know anything. You're just gonna go assuming things and thinking one thing, but it's really another. And so then you miss fire things, and then things get crossed, and you get upset. You're mad. You're and it really, it could have just been all, all avoided, avoided with communication. All, all could have so been avoided. That I think Girl. that's my biggest thing, and you know, that's the biggest thing with me is communication. Communication, and like, ironically, it was with me too. <laughs> you know, and so that's why it was so frustrating. It was so frustrating, and mind you, I had my own little issues with it. <laughs> and thank God, but thank the Lord, we worked through ourselves. Thank God, you, and know? you know. That's why I don't. Like, I I do, I, I don't like what we had to go through, and I don't like what all mm-hmm. transpired from it, but I do thank God for it, because following that, you know, it, it, it did, you know, it, that wasn't what created a lot of things mm-hmm. um, that, you know, happened, 
but it had you know a it had a it had a little it had a little um. I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say I'll say it like I, this. I'll say it like I this. To... I think that had we had we been busy with church, we wouldn't have been able to deal with what we needed to deal with. Yeah, I so feel like that why... needed to be taken off the table. Let's yeah. push that to the side. I'm grateful now. There's no. We're not busy now. We're not busy now. But let's deal with what God what God wanted us to, to, to really, really deal with because we could mask a lot of things with I'm working church. for the Lord. Yes. You know, my heck, my whole set, my whole salvation at sixteen was predicated upon doing something. I realized that uh, about three months ago, and I don't know if I told you this before. Maybe if I have, then I probably figured it out. And then forgot, I forget that I figured it out. But when I was sixteen, I was starting a Bible study at my school, mm-hmm. and because I was starting a Bible study at my school, I was like, "Oh, do I even have a relationship with God? Well, I need to have that first before I can teach this Bible study." So I got saved. But I only got saved to teach the Bible study. So my, my whole relationship with God, even then, was predicated upon doing, doing something. And that's where we fall where we, short with the church. Girl, the church is when you get saved, let's do. Let's do something. You can't, I no. feel like you can't do how that. Many, how many preachers have said, I, I, I got saved and I'm immediately in the, in the pulpit. Immediately wanting to preach for the Lord. Now, mind you, again, it can, it can happen if that's yeah. what God wants. I'm not. They know. I'm not saying anything that it, that it can't. But it also says in Scripture, don't let nobody young get in the pulpit right away because pride has the power to pull them and make them think that this ministry game is just a series of of church hopping to get to the ideal plateau of where they of where of where they want to be. And a lot of pastors and a lot of ministers I see out there now, you know, again, no knock against them, do what you do. But I often wonder, where is your faith really? Mm-hmm. And how many people, by again, by God's providence, because he does what he does, but how many people had to be hurt by your ministry before you got it right? Because mm. that's what I think about a lot. How many people were hurt before I got the gospel right? How many people did I lead astray from the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, from the true gospel. I gave them something, but was it really the gospel? I can't say whether it was or wasn't. Thank God they heard it. I just hope that they were able to do something with it other than get rich or, you know, be prosperous or get praise is the way to get your blessings and stuff. Like, you know, how many people that I hurt by preaching a faulty gospel, but I was sure on fire for the Lord, Right. And so that's what I think about a lot. Like how many of these pe- how many of these people are we leading astray because we put them to work so fast instead wow. of really looking at their hearts and allowing God to really get in there and show them who he is. Like not let's get you to work and get you to pay your tithes and do all this other stuff but it's like no, let's look at your heart. Yeah. Are you truly a believer? Do you really believe this stuff? What do you believe in it for? Because a lot of people are in church today because they want to be entrepreneurs. A lot of people are in church today because they want to be politicians. A lot of people, girl, a lot of people. Come on, in lot. church because they're trying to get away from something. Come on now. And the thing is, what we have to realize as a church, you can't get away from you your problems. You can't get away from your problems by Baby, just coming to church. You can't get away from the world. You got to confront that. You live in it. You got to confront it. <laughs> And you so, it. no, church is not a place where you come escape. to escape. 
No. Because I mean, it's where you're gonna have to go back out. It's where you come. It's where you come to learn these things on how when you go back out, how can you respond differently than how you've been responding? How can you maybe receive things differently than how you've been receiving them? You know, how can how can you be the light? You know what I'm saying? Come on, now. that's where you. That's that's what you're coming yes. for. Like we can't escape our problems. We can't escape, you know, the things out in that world, um, because they. It's just gonna. It's gonna find you. We are in a sinful world. We're broken people. Do broken broken people do broken things. And baby, we're all broken. Yes. Like, no one's perfect. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But. And I mean, and that, and for, and for that reason, you know, I can say, you know, for myself that for like the past. Year and some, year, year and some change. Like I felt ashamed of the gospel because for me, I was so tired of the pain that came. I was so um um so so tired of dealing with the pain that came with change, the the the, the pain that came with the rejection. You know, you know, my thing, being rejected, you know, so pained by those experiences that I was tired of sharing the gospel. Like, for at this point, it's just like, for what? Because it seems like in the world that I live in, in this small rural area, if I share the gospel with somebody, it's going to come with a lot of hurt. Because people aren't ready for it, and the people who need to hear it the most are the ones who aren't getting it. And there, and it's too many times where I end up pained because of it, and I put myself in, and I put myself in the way. No, no doubt about that. I put myself in the way, and didn't allow God to really, you know, minister to my heart and tell and remind me that hey, just like He says in the Book of Samuel, don't worry about that. They're not rejecting you; they're rejecting me, and because they're rejecting me, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. You keep preaching the gospel. You keep teaching the gospel. But instead, I got so furious with, um, you know, the, the, and, and so afraid of just being hurt again that I was ashamed for a while. But as I think we can see, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. Instead, I'm asking God for the strength to no longer be ashamed of the gospel. Somebody want to come in and talk. But no, but I mean, but that's it. It's like, you know, that's that's the thing that I've been having to pray to God about over the course of the past few months now is like, help me to overcome the fear of being ashamed of the gospel. I don't want to be ashamed of it anymore. I don't want to be ashamed of, of preaching the gospel. I don't want to fear rejection so much that I am not proclaiming your name. That I'm not saying what I know to be true. That I'm not standing up in these in these arenas that I stand in from one day to the next and not preaching your truth. Not sharing your truth. Not living your truth. And so I can only hope and pray that, you know, that I'm great. I say this. I say it like this. I'm grateful that my faith, that God has carried me through the darkness. Because it was dark for a while. 
but even in the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death, I didn't have any fear because I knew God was still with me. I didn't mean it didn't hurt. Yeah, it did right. Like pain, tears of snot. You still feel that. Felt a lot of stuff. But I always knew he's here. And so though it was though it's been the dark night of the soul for me for a while, and you know, thank God for people like Aaron, for you, some of my friends, like thank I thank God, you know, that, that people were still like here. Um, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm grateful that God didn't stop loving me and carried me through all of this. So that way we can be here today to be able to just speak the truth and let people know that, yeah, we went through a pretty tough time there. But that tough time and that no, and that tough time hurt and it hurt so bad that, you know, it did it did some real damage to our souls. But. God still, he still reigns on the throne. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I, I do want to say that I'm very proud of you for, um, you know, finally coming forward with, you know, everything um, that happened and how you felt and how um, it's important for, you know, the church to... I don't know, to just, to look at yourself, you know, look at yourself and how you treat people and how, um, what you say to people, how, you know, what you're doing, because it really does, especially if you're in that leadership position, it has, um, it plays a major part in who comes, who stays, and how it's going to go about, like, we, we talk so much about not wanting to, um, bring worldly things into the church but you have people who are worldly who are trying to come in you know searching not really knowing what they're searching for but it's our job to to give them Jesus you yes. know not to the judge them adulterated yeah, Jesus not to judge them and you know not to criticize them not to talk about them behind their back but to love them <clears throat> and so you know I just pray that you know, if you if you are doing that, you know, look at yourself and and ask yourself why. Ask those questions. Why why are you there? You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. I I am so for asking questions. Like I know it may feel it may be intimidating sometimes to ask those questions, but there are so many forms and so many ways that you can do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like. Um, I don't know. Um, it's important. Communicate. Talk. Be transparent. You know, it may be scary sometimes, but I, I, when you communicate and when you get it out, a lot of times it's not as bad as you think it, as you think it would have been. And if it is, then to God be the glory that is out. You know, mm -hmm. like, even if it is as bad as you thought it was going to be, for some, in my experience, still just getting it out, it was just—it's just a relief, mm -hmm. you know, because you're not holding on to that, yeah. and that's detrimental to your soul. That's what I mean by protecting yourself, you know, mm -hmm. protecting your soul. And so, as leadership, like you are—you are trying to lead a whole bunch of souls, and so it's really important. Souls. Yeah. Souls. Yeah.
And so that's really important. Communicate. So. One thing I can say as we get ready, I guess, to wrap it up is that no matter what was going on through that experience, one thing that never changed about us is that we were always going to tell them the truth. And no matter how, no matter how much flack we got for that, you know, even so much as being accused of being a part of the KKK. <laughs> At the oldest black church in the city, being accused of <laughs> no, listen, I, call us and calling it out. It's call a spade a spade. Not. Call, we are we are calling a spade a spade. That's what we went through. That's how bad it was. But even in even in spite of that, we never shied away from the truth. Never was ashamed of the gospel. And we never told them anything other than, you know, and, and like I said, it, it, it cost me a pastorate. Thank God. Yeah, but it didn't cost me my soul. Like I said, we, we went, through, went through a lot of bumps and bruises, you know, to the point where even when the next church called me, I was like, you know what? Nah, <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm not, I am not ready. To do this again, a lot of echoes. echoes. Uh uh, we're not ready to go through this again. I cannot do this again. Nah uh, nah. I never, never, never forget that dude show. (laughs) Nope, I'm good. I am good. Echoes are real people. I am good. So nah, it's just not in a good headspace, heart space to be able to do that again. Um, but again, even even there, even there for that brief amount of time that we were there. Still giving them Jesus, the, the pure, unadulterated Jesus. Like I can say that one Bob, that one Sunday school we had, where that one lady she asked a question, and we stopped Sunday school to answer that question, and we stayed on that question That's and the church. subsequent questions that followed for the rest of Sunday school. Didn't even finish the lesson. That's, That's church. church. What matters in the moment? Like, what is when what I, is the soul seeking in the in moment? In the moment. Forget about what you The protocol. Are. Yeah, forget about the schedule. Like, Mm-mm. what is In this is moment, in you're sitting, ask this question, and we need to... And you can't let up can't on let it. can't let up so on it. The soul is really wanting to know. It's, it's something, something, I don't know. You went out of your way. You or somebody you else. your way and, and found the courage to speak. In the correct forum, because this was a Bible, this was a Sunday school. This wasn't church, even though I feel like some little nuance to where you can, you know, another day, no, another day, another. but you know, yeah, so, well, but still, in that moment, we stopped what we were doing to answer that question, and that question led to questions, led to questions, and so we stayed on that. That's what church is supposed to be, because no telling. What liberation she got from hearing the gospel be preached in that moment. And so it's like, you know, so even in that, it reminds my heart that this word is real. The, 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 the word is real. Jesus is real. And if we have the lens through which to see the truth, it is imperative that we share it. Even if it leads to what it led to in the past, where the ones who are not going to hear it will be deafened and hardened by the very truth that's meant to set them free.
you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Um, feel free um, on TikTok. You know, I'm on at therapy with Eddie D. Feel free to DM me. Um, you know, questions or comments or anything that you may have. If there's again, we're kind of figuring out what this podcast really is going to be. Um, so if you have any, yeah, we do. We do know that. Um, so if you have any topics, any questions, any concerns, comments, um, feel free again to DM me there. Um, um, and then as we move forward with what this is going to be, hope to build its own page and be able to uh, do its own thing there. Um, again, just thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Um, and we look forward to doing this again soon. All right. Love you guys. Peace out.